Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined as always by the bull in the woods, if you will. John, Boat of Car, Schaller. How's it going this week, Boat? It's Friday, it's fun day. Oh man, I'm so happy <laughs> to get here. So if you recall last week, Lady Luck provided us with the NES to play this week. We're going to be playing selections from the vast NES, Nintendo Entertainment System Library. But what can you tell us about the NES? Well, the NES was originally launched back in 83 as the Famicom in Japan. Famicom being a portmanteau. I know I'm using a big word there. I don't know what that means. But. <laughs> it's where you take two two full-size words and you smush them together. The Japanese love portmanteaus. That's why you're the professor. Um, and uh, the family computer, the Famicom. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it was released in 85 in uh, New York City, limited release, and then a wider release followed in 86 in the U.S. and the rest of Europe. Here's an interesting factoid. Right. In South Korea, the Nintendo was released, but it was known as the Hyundai Comboy. Oh, boy. Now, did you have one of these? I had a Super Comboy when I oh, lived in, uh, in, okay. in, but I had a, uh, a Comboy version of uh, Super Mario Brothers, which was pr pretty hard to find. Um, but the reason why was because back in the day, uh, there were strict rules on what Korea could import from Japan. And so uh, J uh, Nintendo basically licensed out the design patents and everything to um, Hyundai. And actually, they were probably manufactured still by Nintendo, but it, there, was, there were shenanigans, and it was released in uh, Korea as the Comboy. So why is the NES important? Well, um, you know, the NES is widely thought to be basically the savior of the video game industry in the United States. Uh, people that are into computers don't necessarily like to hear that, um, but in, you know, basically everybody in the industry, in the electronics industry, thought the video game market was dead. Um, and Nintendo sort of, it, it, it rose from the ashes and uh, kind of replaced Atari as the go-to console in, in America. You know, it's, I, I live through this, so old as I am. And, you, you know, a lot of people, I've heard people say, ah, oh, the, the uh, video game crash, that's my that's my market. Let me tell you something. Uh, as a youngster, I, I would go to like a KB Toys or something, and you would have one of those big uh, uh, containers right at the front gate of KB <laughs> Toys, and they would be chocked full of unboxed Atari cartridges, a buck. A buck here and there. They were given these things. So they, away. they, they took the cardboard off because it, well, it was just a taking lot of up times, too much space. A lot yeah. of times they would have, I guess they would have taken these on, uh, they would have uh, taken these on some sort of trade or something, or mm -hmm. they just had some, I don't know where they got them. And, and I mean, every department store, <laughs> every uh, grocery store, I'm not lying, they had these huge vats of boxed and unboxed Atari games. They were everywhere. And then you would even see uh, Coleco and Intellivision. They were their stuff was just to turn to dust because people were like, "We're done," you know. And then the systems were going for you know rock bottom. Uh, I remember hearing many times where they would literally give you an Atari 2600 with a purchase like around Christmas time or whatever. And you know whether you wanted it or not, you were taking home a, 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 an Atari. I even heard the Adam the same thing. They were the video games hit hard here, and when it hit, uh, and I think retailers had been waiting for this to happen. I think there was a belief that um, that video games were sort of like toys. Mm -hmm. And every toy has the day when it tips over, right? right? 
And so they uh, they were blowing these things out. They're blowing them out. Well, it's funny because the American video game press, as it was at the time, was very skeptical that the the console would 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 succeed. Um, in the March 1985 issue of Electronic Games, uh, they said the video game mar- market in America has virtually disappeared, and that this was a big miscalculation on Nintendo's part trying to launch this thing. <laughs> Little did they know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Um, I'll tell you something that you would be interested in. All right. Um, several members of the Famicom development team stated that there was an American um, console that was very influential in their development of the uh, the Famicom. Do you know oh, yeah. what it was? I really don't know. What was the it? ColecoVision? Really? They looked at the ColecoVision and they saw how much better it was than the Atari, <laughs> and they said, "This is what we want to model our system after. We want our games to look like this." That makes sense because that again we talked about. A couple weeks ago, how successful that the ColecoVision had been for the brief time it was around. Right, right, right. Um, another thing that Nintendo brought with it was its uh, its cartridge licensing system that is still with us to this day. Um, you know, in the computer world, anybody can make a game. You know, put it in a Ziploc bag and sell it. Yeah. Uh, but to make a game on a console. Um, Starting with the Nintendo, you have to go through their licensing procedures and you have to make sure that you're giving Nintendo a cut in order to legally manufacture and sell cartridges. And now, They have a lockout chip, right? Do they, yeah, the they, yeah, they've got a lockout chip, which is uh, a big part of the reason why uh, that the toaster design was, you know, why you get your blinking NES was basically that's the that's the lockout chip malfunctioning with the pin connectors. Yeah, that, um, the one thing about the American version of the Famicom, it had many, many problems. Right, and it's funny because uh, in 1985 at the CES, uh, Nintendo unveiled the American version of the Famicom, the NES, the system you see before you. And um, they actually, this was a selling point. As they said, number one, uh, this is uh, this is a piece of computer electronics that looks more like a VCR mm-hmm. than a VCS. You like that? Oh, that's good. Plus, I mean, you are sort of inserting it like a video right, tape. Right, right. Especially in the old school VCRs yeah. with the push down thing. And they actually, they 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 titled the mechanism, they call it a zero insertion force. Oh, yeah. Slot. And I think that they did see how sort of, you know, you have to rip the cartridge out of an Atari 2600. And they said, we want to avoid that sort of motion. Yeah. And so this one, you know, you can, you pull it out and you push it in when it works. But, you know. I will say, clearly they had, uh, the. I don't know how... How this design came in time with the 7800 we looked at last week, but pulling cartridges out of the 7800 is like removing the sword from the stone. <laughs> if you'll recall last week, I tried to do it on the show, and I was after two tugs, I'm like, oh, that's ain't gonna happen. Right. So it's, it can be real brutal to get those out of there. Now, the Famicom launched in Japan with just three titles uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and today's game, Popeye. Mm. So Nintendo, again, going from that ColecoVision model, really wanted to showcase its own arcade machines on this home this home uh, model. Um, but when this was released in the United States in September 1986, it launched with 17 games. That's got to be one of the biggest launch lineups of all time. Yes, I would say it may, may be the biggest. And uh, the, those games we know now as the Black Box series because they all came in a, in a black box. Um, so, you know, Nintendo, they wanted to differentiate themselves from the, the video game market as it existed in America. And so they didn't call this thing a console. You know, they called it, what do you know? 
Mm -mm. A control deck. Oh yes, yeah, I do recall this now. Deck. Written on the box. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the the games, they didn't call them games. They mm -hmm. called them game packs. Oh, not okay. video games. Um, and so they, it was a combination of this and a combination of selling the NES with the robot with the ROB. Yes. And so they were saying, look, this is this is actually more of a toy than a video game system. And this is guy, you got this little buddy who's gonna help you. The same thing with the Zapper. The Zapper, it's it's a toy. It's not just this video game thing like the 2600. Now the ro robot, what was his name? Rob. Rob. Now did you ever, did you have you had a Rob at some point? I've never owned a Rob. Um, I've, I, my buddy had one mm -hmm. and it was there, I don't recall ever, ever seeing it in use. You know, I take it back, yeah. I, I do own a Rob. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a- A facsimile uh, of Rob. Yeah, this is a um, Amiibo Rob. And this is the Famicom version, you can tell from the color scheme, the NES Rob was the, the familiar gray and black. I like how Nintendo has kind of re uh, reignited the Rob love here in the past a decade or so because he's been included in like I know he's in like uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers mm -hmm. and and whatnot. So that's always kind of neat. Yeah. Now Rob himself was actually terrible. All the games <laughs> were awful. Uh, it was definitely a gimmick of the highest degree. I think this degree. was one of them, right? Yeah, Gyromite. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, the when this was released, there were it was it was brought out in several packages. So you had at the top you had the deluxe set. Okay. So right. the deluxe set um, retailed at one seventy nine ninety nine. It included a Rob, a light gun, or the, the Zapper, of course, two controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. Pretty good. Okay, so that was a lot for your money when yeah. you consider what an Amiga cost in 1985. Well, you know, but you're getting a little. That's a whole different kettle of fish there. Yeah. Um, there was also uh, the basic set, which uh, it retailed at 89.99 with no game, and then 100 bucks when it's bundled with Super Mario Brothers. Now, did those did those did the basic come with two sticks or just one? Uh, I you know I don't have that information here, but I want to say that it probably came with. Two. Yeah. I think that the Nintendo was always marketed as a two-player thing, mm -hmm. um, especially when you think about you know the pack-in title, Super Mario Brothers, two-player game. Yeah. Um, but when a lot of people got on board, including myself, it was with the action set, and so the action set came out in '88, but it was around for the rest of the time after that. Right. And that's your classic. This is the one that you still see you know on eBay all the time. It's your console, two controllers, the Zapper, and Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt in the one cartridge. Now. I know the our family when we my brother could, had to have one of these as you know Brent mm -hmm. shout out is a big NES guy, and so we had the one that shipped with the uh, track and field style yeah. game and the big floor mat mm -hmm. and the floor mat the power pad and as you can imagine we weren't the most athletic brothers <laughs> and so I remember many days getting on the ground and beating the tar out of those little sensors <laughs> to make our guys run quicker. Mm -hmm. Hated that game. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, I never had a power pad, and I've never used one. So A wise decision. Yeah, yeah. I, I consider that one of my strengths in life. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the system sold very, very well. In fact, uh, Compute, remember that magazine, Compute? Absolutely. Uh, they reported in 1989 that Nintendo had sold 7 million NES systems in 1988 alone. 7 million in one wow. year. Wow. Yeah. Almost as many of the number of Commodore 64 sold in its first five years. Mm. So this thing took off like no other uh, video game unit ever before. I, I, you know, I, I've mentioned this before, but I remember the first time I saw an NES was at a Kmart in... Uh, uh, in South, in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, I was there for Christmas with my family, and I saw this huge crowd gathered around something, and I went over to see what was going on, and there were a couple of dudes playing Super Mario, 
And I remember at the time, because I mean, again, I'd video games have been around for quite a while at this point. I'd played plenty. And I thought to myself, wow, this is a game that l looks so good and looks like it plays so well that this is something that's gonna that's people are never gonna get tired of playing. That's the first thing I thought. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, young idiot Aaron was right about something <laughs> because it, it, you are a prophet. The Super Super Mario Brothers still plays as well today as it did the day it came out. An excellent game. It's funny, that's one of the things that we have in common. I also, too, saw an NES for the first time in a Kmart. <laughs> uh, it was the Taze Valley Kmart. And it was weird because they had this thing on an end cap by the checkout. It was just there, like, really? set up. Yeah, on, and yeah. it was in a kiosk sort of thing. What year would you and figure that was? It was probably late 80s, 88 or 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, this would have been um, 85 for me or 86. Mm -hmm. It was right. I mean, it must have been because it's the first time I ever saw one. It's funny because kiosks were kind of a big deal at Sears. and Atari always had their kiosk mm -hmm. out, you know. And, man, those things look pretty sad about, <laughs> about to understand what you'd say. Well, this, <laughs> we're done with that. Yeah. You know, move it along. Um, yeah, I got my NES in 1990. Um, I was obsessed, like almost everybody my age, young young men. I was obsessed with the NES. I would dream about it at night. You know, I got a subscription to Nintendo Power before I had an NES. Dreamed about it, huh? Yeah. I, I'm not going to make fun of it. You should dream about Dragon's Lair. Hey, so I'm just understand. telling it like it is. Um, I got chicken pox in 1990. <laughs> and <laughs> it is sort of a recompense for that. My parents took me to, to Circuit City. And uh, I would, this was after I was contagious, or the I was, contagious I part say, had stopped. <laughs> it wasn't day one of chicken pox. Real, real <laughs> so, enemies. Yeah, so to spread it around, we went to Circuit City, and I bought it. Just rubbed my skin on all the carts, <laughs> handed them out. But I still remember seeing, you know, the black box games must have been sold forever because in 1990, I still remember seeing them on the shelves. You know, I guess they'd gone through several I mean, reprintings. They and were pretty like popular. That. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I still remember hugging that box on the way home and just reading the back of it over and over again. You physically hugged. I Hugged the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were a lonely little lad, weren't you, Boat? Often, I still am. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I got that, and I got Metroid because my mom, uh, a couple weeks before we got the Nintendo, when it had been decided that there would be a Nintendo, she'd gone to a yard sale and found Metroid for five bucks. Mm. And, and so those were back in the day when yard sales. You could those still, days you could are good over. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, the Nintendo went on to become the seventh best-selling console of all time. Now, do you have any guess as to what the most popular, or the, I'm sorry, the best-selling console is of all time? Oh, boy. Well, if, if we're talking handhelds or... Everything. I would say the most... I, I'm pretty sure that the highest-selling console of all time is the PS2. That's correct. You're right. Uh, the PlayStation. Actually, I, I thought that I had the handheld numbers in here, but they're not mixed in. This is just standalone consoles. The Game Boy sold a ton. Yeah. And the Game Boy Advance sold a ton, too. Now, and, and what is a uh, sobering indictment of uh, retro gamers everywhere, uh, the NES is the best-selling oldest console. Uh, the top six are all things that have come out fairly recently. Right. Uh, PlayStation 2 is number one. The PlayStation 1 is number two. Then the Wii, the 360, the PS3, and PS4. Yeah, uh, you know, the NES, is there a more collectible home console? I don't know. I mean, maybe the Super Nintendo, but I mean, they're neck and neck. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I've got one. I know, obviously, you've got this one. Uh, I've I've modded mine with a new, one of the Achilles heels on this thing was the, uh, when the, the zero, zero insertion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you push that thing down, it's, it's the design, the engineering is just god-awful. 
and the connector in there just gets warped, just warped and mm -hmm. messed up. And so there's a uh, there's an outfit that sells one that's per you don't actually shove down. You just literally push the cartridge in, and that's it. And you close the door. There's no shoving down. Yeah, a much more elegant design to keep this thing from going bad. And is it still is it pretty easy to pull out? It's it not is. a 7800 like it, situation. No, no. I, people say it's hard to pull out, but after you've dealt with the 7800, <laughs> which is and it's funny the uh, if you look at stuff like the Jag and the Odyssey 2, both come to mind. They've got little like handles mm -hmm. almost so you can yank those things out yeah. and you have no problems. Right. Man, the 7800, they, I don't know what it is about that console, but they <laughs> it's they, like a vice grip inside of that thing. It's <laughs> you need a handle <laughs> or, or, or a pulley system or something a power Glove attached, yeah. you know, like RoboCop. <laughs> so uh, the NES, uh, it it produced so many, um, you know, well-known uh, IPs. Uh, there's, you know, Metroid, um, Super Mario Brothers, The Legend of Zelda, uh, Mega Man, Castlevania. These are things that are still. These are franchises that are still going on. Uh, I think that it's probably fair to say that the NES produced more longevity in its game characters than any other system. Nintendo knows how to uh, produce games and market games based on their uh, franchises. Yeah, they're quite good at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the two games that we chose this week are none of those remembered. <laughs> Franchises? No, they're not. So, uh, they're Aaron, completely cut off. Why don't we start things off with your look at Popeye? Great, great. So, Popeye. Uh, you know, to preface this, I was a big fan of the of the cartoon back in the day because I'm old. And so, when this came out in the arcade, I was I was all over it. And uh, who knew that it had such a colorful past? So, Popeye uh, came out as Boat mentioned. It was a launch title in Japan. It came out in June of 86 in America uh, in the black box that you see before you there, if you're watching. Um, this game was ported to a ton of systems. It's funny, I, I was looking over all the things it was ported to, and I've played a lot of these, actually, over the years. And it, it's one of the games, I, I don't know if it's a testament to how popular it was or how popular Popeye is. or I don't. I, it's strange, because when you think of like the great arcade games of all time, even me, who's a big fan of this, do you think of Popeye? No. It's got to be one of the most ported to even the most obscure systems. I mean, listen to this lineup of ports here. You've got the CI, yes, the Commodore 64, of course, and the Atari 8-bit. You would expect those. This got ported to oddball consoles like the Atari 5200. Uh, it was on the ColecoVision. It was on the TI-99-4A, for Pete's sakes, and... As we uh, played a few uh, a month or so ago, the Odyssey Two got a bizarre port of Popeye. We're not quite sure if that's a licensed port or not. It was. That was an officially. That was one of the few officially licensed ports that only came out in Brazil. It was. Hey, listen. <laughs> it's still officially licensed. Okay. It, it counts, man. And, and of course, it played a little bit differently than the than the uh, arcade. But you know, it, it's the Odyssey Two. What are you going to do? Um, so Popeye is basically a hot seat. You know, one player, two player, take turns type game. And the premise of the game is you are Popeye, and you are uh, bound and determined to save olive oil from Brutus. So, to get a little, just a little taste of what Popeye... Before we start, because oh, I know that you are you know a lot more about Popeye than I do. Alright. I've heard this the, the, the antagonist referred to as Brutus and Bluto. Right. So, what's the story behind it's that? It's funny you should bring that up, Boat. I see I, that on your notes right yes, there. I, I have, had no I idea. That's, that. that's hilarious. So, <clears throat> here's what happened. And I will say, and, and if I do it in, when I talk about Popeye on the show here, I will, I will mix... 
Bluto and Brutus intermittently without any regard for what's going on because uh, it's something you grew up and we call them both, mm -hmm. right? So what happened was um, after the theatrical Popeye cartoon series, which this is, you know, this is back in the day when they would put cartoons in front of uh, movies yeah. and whatnot, uh, which was in 57, Bluto's name, his original name was Bluto, okay? What a name. It was changed to Brutus because uh, the uh, uh, King's feature syndicate there thought that Paramount Pictures uh, owned the right to the word uh, Bluto. Really? And that's why they changed it, which was wrong, by the <laughs> way. It's funny because for the longest time, Bluto wasn't even named. It was just like big muscle guy or bad guy. Mm -hmm. or, you know, Papa would not really talk about it much, but he would eventually he would actually talk about it. So Brutus appears in all the cartoons after 1957, which would be 1960, 61, all the 60s cartoons. You had Brutus in them. And then eventually, this is well into like the, in the 80s. I think it's like 79, 80. There was another cartoon made, and Bluto actually would come back, mm. which is, you know, why not, right? Um, but in the video game, officially, you've got Brutus, all right? So the, despite what I say, you've got Brutus here. So let me ask you, what do you know about Popeye, the cartoon character? Did you watch any of the Popeye cartoons back in the day? You know, I did. Uh, I think that they were, they were frequently on Mr. Cartoon. They were, uh, the, the, <laughs> probably because the, they were cheap. Yeah, the local, the local, the local show here in town. Um, and I think that there was a newer Popeye too, sort of like an '80s Popeye. Yeah, they, um, much like Scooby Doo, Popeye's been uh, reworked and redistributed over and over again. Yeah, but I would not call myself a big Popeye fan. I cannot name individual episodes, things like that. So Popeye is actually sort of an interesting character. Um, Popeye was he was created by a person named Elsie uh, Seeger. Okay. And was a character that was basically uh, guest appearing in uh, old cartoons in the 20s, okay? And he became, he started uh, showing up on this thing called the Thimble Theater and quickly became so popular that they just changed the name of it to Popeye. <laughs> He's a one-eyed... Sort of like a uh, Detective Comics situation. Right. He's a one-eyed sailor, and the one-eye being the left eye, still intact, and... Uh, uh, he ran forever. He was super duper popular, uh, and of course he got his own film. Uh, he had a whole host of characters, all of which, sadly, I know because again, I watched the uh, I watched Popeye, and a lot of which appear in the game, which is which is interesting. So, with that in mind, the fact that Popeye was very popular all over the world, and in, in a in post war Japan, Popeye was a character. I mean, keep in mind that Popeye had a uh, a daily comic strip that's still around, uh, and they still up. They still give new comics things on like two, one or two days a week. The rest of them are reprints. Uh, but I mean, think about that. This is a guy that debuted in the twenties. Yeah, I think he debuted in like a Betty Boop episode like one time, and then they sort of moved him over. Um, so post post war Japan, Popeye's a popular character, and Nintendo, and when they were doing their uh, card business and doing some other stuff, they were licensing a lot of stuff like Disney characters and whatnot. And they, were, and they actually were trying to get the license to Popeye to produce the video game. And what they had in mind was Popeye is was originally supposed to be the uh, hero, and the whole game was supposed to be a Popeye game, which was Donkey Kong, the yeah. very first, the very uh, first Donkey Kong game. And you I, can, if you look, if you stand back and think about it, Popeye would have fit right in there 
uh, you know, for the most part, they would have made a few tweaks, but yeah. for the most part, he would have been, would have been perfect. You know, I just I just recently read that when I was you know reading about this game for the show, and I mean, talk about a monumental the you know change. If if Popeye had gone on to start in Donkey Kong, we wouldn't have Mario. I mean, it just wouldn't exist. I saw a fellow speculating on that, and I'm not sure this would have been like the Nintendo's Doom or anything. Uh, you got to think Mario wasn't Mario with Donkey Kong. Sure. So technically. They still could have come up with him. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know. And since they knew about him, maybe he would have still. Maybe the original Mario Bros. still would have been made. I don't know. But Papa would have been a uh, a proper. Uh, he could have fit right into the Donkey Kong. I'm, I'm surprised there's not a hack out there where someone has hacked in olive oil and Popeye mm-hmm. uh, to to uh, Donkey Kong. They've hacked everything else into it. So <clears throat> uh, since Popeye did not appear in Donkey Kong for licensing reasons. Shortly thereafter, he, they, Nintendo did license him, and he appeared in one of their handheld games, which bears no resemblance to this game. But that shows you that Nintendo was interested in getting something going with him. And then soon enough, they had they had Popeye in there, and you know, as an arcade machine. If you look at Popeye, if you listen to some of the sound effects, there a lot of his stuff is very similar to Donkey Kong. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know how close the hardware was between Donkey Kong and Popeye, but I. I would not be surprised. I know certainly they recycled some of the sound effects, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was not a whole lot of difference between the two. And the cabinets are pretty similar looking too. Uh, and also in the arcade, Popeye was one of the uh, one of the original color cocktail uh, arcade machines. You don't see those. That was something that was very unusual for the day. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen um, a Nintendo cocktail. Oh, game. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, they have. Do they have the same kind of colorful bezel as the uprights? I saw Popeye cocktail at an antique store, believe it or not. I felt old. And I'm trying to think. It was the color. I think it seems like it was cream colored. You know, uh, Donkey Kong was in cocktail tables as well. So that, you know, obviously that predates Popeye by mm-hmm. a little bit, but not by much. But they were they both had their own, their appearances in the cocktail tables. Which for those, for those that don't know much about arcade machines, a cocktail were the tabletop set down arcade games that were like a, that you could set your drink on. They were often at pizza par- parlors. And, right. And, and One of the things that I love about Nintendo cabinets is that they have a straight up and down bezel. You know, a glass bezel that's that's almost vertical, and then the screen is sort of set back a little bit, and it makes the whole effect kind of three D. You can lo- you can picture yourself losing yourself in the machine a little bit. more. Absolutely. So, anyway, when this arcade game came out, it was it was very it was pretty popular. I'm not gonna say very popular. I don't have numbers. I don't have any sold. But I mean, I used to see them around when it when you know, back in the day, and people knew about it. People were like, I remember when it first came out. I was real impressed with the with the uh, the cartoon graphics. I mean, it was really impressive. Popeye looks dead on like Popeye. Mm-hmm. Brutus looks like Brutus. You know, it all it looks good. Olive oil, pretty good. And so, uh, of course, uh, it was a no-brainer that Nintendo would pick this one to be one of their uh, launch titles for the uh, Famicom. It's funny that it would they would take Donkey Kong, which is effectively what Popeye was, Popeye, what Popeye is, and then the sequel of Donkey Kong, smash it. When you could have, you could have put Popeye in that too, mm-hmm. really, if you wanted to. And uh, you could put Popeye in Donkey Kong Three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Donkey Kong Three is the that's the Donkey Kong no one talks about, isn't it? <laughs> but but uh, so. The game itself, uh, and the, the game is the same on the arcade as it is on the uh, NES version. Uh, you're Popeye. You're trying to rescue Olive. Brutus is his usual jerk self. He has professed his love to Olive. Olive turned him down because she loves Popeye, and Brutus is mad. So he's going to pound Popeye in the, into a fine powder, and it's your job playing Popeye to go around and collect the things that Olive is throwing out. In the first level of the game, you're at like a uh, a, a, a like a um, a city, 
or a town, like a like a seaside town, mm-hmm. let's say that, and there are platforms, and all of us throwing hearts down, and you, Popeye has to run around and collect these hearts. And if the hearts go into the very bottom level of the, of the uh, screen, they'll flash, and if they stay too long, they'll they'll go away, and Popeye loses a man. And so, and to uh, inhibit you from getting these hearts, Brutus runs around and tries to beat the tar out of you. Uh, the second level is that you're in sort of a nighttime, like a more uh, uh, a larger city, always on top of a building, and she's throwing down notes, all right? And you're supposed to catch all the music. notes. These are music notes. That's yeah. right. And then once you catch all the notes, she, the little song plays, and you finish the level, again, mm-hmm. Brutus is on your tail. And then the third level, you're on a, like a, a boat, like a pirate ship, and uh, all of us saying help, one letter at a time, mm-hmm. H, you know, E, Popeye has to catch him, and as he catches the letters, a ladder forms, and eventually, if you catch enough letters, the ladder goes up to the top. Popeye rescues Olive. You get a really nice in the arcade. You get a real nice, like a profile picture of Popeye, and then the game loops. Mm-hmm. So, the, and the, the Nintendo does a pretty good job of this. And if you compare it to the other versions, it, it's one of the top versions. Uh, the main differences that I noted were, but Nintendo could not quite pull off the really nice detailed cartoon effects that the arcade could. Uh, it also, there, there are little flourishes that aren't in the Nintendo version, that they're in the arcade example. At the beginning of the game, the arcade, the Popeye theme plays, and Brutus professes his love to Olive, he slides up on his knees, mm-hmm. and then Olive throws a heart to Popeye. That's all. That's not in the Nintendo version. On the second level, uh, there. Are, on the second level, you get a lot of your guest appearances. One of the appearances is, is uh, Wimpy. Wimpy is a guy, if you ever heard the phrase, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. That was Wimpy. He always wanted hamburgers mm-hmm. all the time. And he's standing on like a, a, a teeter-totter. And to get back up to the top levels, Popeye has to run off a ledge, jump on the teeter-totter. Wimpy, who's heavier than Popeye, bounces up near a little bit, then bounces back down and shoots Popeye up to the top of the screen. There's no Wimpy uh, on the uh, NES version. He's not there. There's just a little, there's just a unweighted like a seesaw, seesaw yeah. that, uh, that uh, so how this works, who knows. And then in the arcade, uh, there's a, a, above the seesaw is Sweet Pea. Sweet mm. Pea's a little orphan child. I'm not quite sure who Pop, uh, Sweet Pea's legal parents are. <laughs> I'm not sure that was ever spelled out, but I know, I know that Sweet Pea's an orphan. And Sweet Pea's hanging on a balloon with this sort of like a, a, a flat platform under his hiney mm-hmm. with a couple handles on it. In the arcade, if you time it right, Popeye will bounce on the trampoline or on the uh, teeter totter, shoot up in the air, and he'll grab those little handles and you'll get points. Mm-hmm. And then Nintendo NES version, he hops on the tramp or on the, the teeter totter, goes up, and just if he touches Sweet Pea with his head, he gets points. But he doesn't actually grab the little things. I mean, these are little, these are yeah. these are little tidbits, but there's something. Mm-hmm. You know? And a lot of it, I think, has to do with just the fact that you can't cram that much detail into sprites that are this yeah. small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, something else I noticed is that, of course, you don't get the cool profile of Popeye when you beat when you beat the last level. It, it just sort of you know keeps going. Now, as you advance in this game, of course, on the Nintendo, you've got an, uh, an A difficulty. In, and a B difficulty for one or two players. The A difficulty just is, is easy, and B is difficult. In the difficult mode, uh, the Sea Hag shows up, which is one of Popeye's nemesis on the, on the cartoon. The Sea Hag's this old witch that, uh, in the arcade, she chucks bottles at Popeye, mm-hmm. which also Brutus does too, and he has to punch him or avoid him, to, or if he gets hit, he loses a man. Uh, and the I didn't see her chucking any bottles in the NES version. What she does do is she appears... 
on the upper right hand part of the screen, which does this in the arcade as well, and she's chucking skulls down. Mm. Now, that's okay, that's in the arcade, but the way it's done on the NES is ugly. There's just this sort of like sprite of of the sea hag, and it's blocky, and it actually blocks out. It's just, it's ugly. I don't yeah. know why. I thought, I was like, wow, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she chucks her skulls down. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed the way the skulls bounce, but they sound just like, it's a sound directly at a Donkey Kong. Uh, I believe it's the sound of Mario uh, running. Mm. But uh, um, the uh, so the sea hag will throw the skulls, but I don't think I ever saw her come out and chuck the bottles. Mm-hmm. Bluto will chuck bottles, but not her. And the arcade can get frantic because she can appear at the top of the screen, the left of the screen, and the right of the screen at the same time, and she's chucking those bottles at you. It's you know she's a sea hag. She's got eerie powers. She can appear in multiple places, uh, and so she chucks those bottles. So that's that's something else that's sort of missing from the. Uh, from the uh, NES version, but overall, it's a pretty faithful port. You know, I enjoyed playing it, uh, and uh, I, I did learn that the Vulture's name is Bernard. That's oh, something I didn't know. Interesting. Beforehand. The Vulture's also in the cartoon, but I'm not sure I ever heard his name mentioned. Uh, and uh, a lot of people, I read a lot of the reviews for this that when it came out, and I was surprised how many people thought this was a Donkey Kong ripoff. Which to me, there's it doesn't feel anything like Donkey Kong. And I was going to ask you, what do you think? Do you, when, do you, when you play this, do you think this is just a Donkey Kong ripoff? Well, I feel like this is sort of a... I like this more than Donkey Kong because I find Donkey Kong incredibly difficult. Really? You like this more than Donkey Kong? Um, okay. But um, but I still... I don't. I wouldn't consider it a ripoff as much as... Like is Kangaroo a Donkey Kong ripoff? Well, maybe. I mean, you're, you're you've got a, you know a big baddie, and you're trying to rescue somebody, and you're doing these tasks to rescue them. All right. Um, you know, it was probably I'd say it's derivative in the in the way that the, the levels are designed and things like that. I mean, there's platforms, there's ladders. Um, it just depends on how you define a ripoff. It's definitely not a clone. I, I suspect when a lot of these reviews were written about Popeye, it was early, early in the in the uh, video game platforming genre, mm-hmm. and they just assumed that anything with platforms was a Donkey Kong yeah. ripoff. And so I, I'm going to give them a pass for the most part. But I mean, to me, it has, I mean, he can't jump. That in itself makes mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not very Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. One thing I should mention before I wrap this up is that on every board, you'll see a little can that floats around. And if you're a Popeye fan, you know what this is. It's, that's Popeye's spinach. And when Popeye eats his spinach, the, his little his theme kicks up and Bluto, Brutus. See, I did it. He takes off running away from Popeye, and it is very satisfying to go over and pound the crap out of him. And he flies across the screen and and dumps himself in the water, which mm-hmm. is that's it, cool. It happens on every board. You get one can, uh, and you sort of have to, you sort of have to uh, save it. You know, it's your it, that's your panic button. Yeah, that's your smart. You moment. know, uh, when, when, but and when you die, it, it comes back. So at that point, it's I mean, if you're dead with only a couple things left to collect, you might as well go over and get that spinach and go over and beat the yeah. beat the tar out of them. Uh, the thing that one of the things that I don't like about this game is that you've got this bucket on the on the on the first level, right? And if Brutus is standing directly underneath the bucket. You can punch a punching bag that's just randomly hanging right. the, uh, hanging out there, yes. and then that will hit the bucket, and the bucket will fall. I've never once successfully been able to do this. There's a there's um, a well, if you play this in the arcade, and actually I, I got it to work quite often in in the NES version. Um, 
there, in the arcade, you if you eat the spinach, and when he comes out, there's a point as he's getting out of the water and starting to move that you it's always the same. You can get him almost oh, every time. Okay, okay. So and there's it, a and, trick and, to and, it. And, but I mean, a lot of times I, on the NES version, I would just wait till he was near me and hit the and hit the thing. It, you don't always get it. I like him because there's nothing funnier than a, a big goof, <laughs> big fat goof, who's doing a little jig with a bucket on his head. <laughs> I always love that. I lo- and, and, and I'll tell you, it is satisfying to hit him with the bucket, go get the spinach, oh, and man. then wait <laughs> as he's got that bucket on his head, and then cream him <laughs> and watch him fly off the screen. I mean, one thing that we should probably mention is Blue, Bluto Brutus is, I mean, he's the star of this game. Mm-hmm. This guy he has does, more personality than anybody else. He does everything. He'll jump up to get you on a platform above you. He'll he'll lean down and, and swat with his mm-hmm. arm, and he'll even if if you're a couple levels down, he can jump down a full level and then reach down real quick and get you from. I mean, there's nowhere that's safe from. And that's another thing that makes me believe that this is a better game than Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong just basically stands up there like a big oaf in the, in Donkey Kong, but this one, your your antagonist is mobile and he is dangerous. Well, I, I'm not going to agree with you on the fact that it's. I don't think it's better than Donkey Kong. I, I like Donkey Kong more. Well, Donkey Kong is one of your. It's your favorite arcade game. It is of all one time, of my favorite arcade so. games. And, and the fact that Popeye can't jump is because Popeye could get in the spot where he. I mean, this game gets a frantic in a hurry with the, especially when Sea Hag's chucking those skulls mm-hmm. and his bottles flying everywhere, and it can. It, it's very frantic. Uh, it, Mar, uh, Donkey Kong's a more controlled game. Yes, there are barrels and fireballs and stuff, but you can sort of. You have more time to plan. Papa, it's literally, it's like a frantic chase. It's very much like the cartoons. If you ever watch the cartoons for Papa, most most of the of the show, Papa's getting the crap beat right. out of it. It's a very Rocky-esque situation. It's very much like wrestling. And he has mm-hmm. to make a big, he has to get the spinach, mm-hmm. make a big comeback, mm-hmm. and then go over the heel. It's right. crush this guy. And the game does a good job replicating. I mean, as far as games go that are based on something, I mean, this captures the spirit of the, of the cartoon quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will give it credit for that. Um, so I had a chance to have a quick look. Well, I should mention one more thing before we move on to eBay. Uh, this is incorrectly listed as having a port on the Coco, the the uh, TRS-80 color computer. It does not have an officially licensed port. What they're talking about is a game called the Sailor Man, which was a clone, which is put out by Tom Mix. If you're into the color computer, you all know Tom Mix did a lot of clones. He did Donkey King and stuff like that. And uh, I was telling, I, in fact, I sent Bo a video. The TRS-80 color computer versus this is, is outstanding, uh, with the exception of the palette. It's sort of superior to almost every other home port of this. It was really good, and it was so good that apparently it fooled some people on Wikipedia, and I saw this mentioned on a number of sites. I guess they pulled their data from Wiki, but there was no official port of this for the color computer. It was, it was a clone, a great clone, but a clone. So uh, on eBay, uh, as far as the black box games go, in terms of loose cartridge, uh, this is not that bad. I saw it going for as cheap as five bucks, and around fifteen bucks, you're sure uh, to get one, uh, which is it's not bad. Now, if you want the box and the instructions, the CIB uh, complete in box, you're going to be paying. Uh, I saw a couple go for forty or fifty bucks, but I also saw some go up to one hundred and thirty nine, one hundred forty nine dollars, which. When it comes to Nintendo, this isn't like the 7800 from last week where that was not that collectible. People are grabbing these Nintendo boxes left and right. And so, uh, you know, this is one of those things where the, the market's hot, and so your price is going to vary. If you catch a good deal under 100 bucks, I'd say I'd consider that a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. I'll be watching you as you leave to make sure you don't <laughs> suck that one under your coat. Uh, uh, excuse me. Um, 
So uh, one other thing that uh, that I learned about Popeye is that um, Nintendo, I don't think, had a whole lot of faith in in this in this as a long term prospect because mm-hmm. they let their licensing deal with King Feature Syndicate lapse after this port, and they never released it for any other system ever again. It, I guess they didn't. You know, let's face facts: the Popeye property is cold. Uh, I, I saw that it had a real a, 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 a phone release. Well, there's there's been tons of other Popeye games. Yeah. But Nintendo has not made any. Right. Of them. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, Roy, does Nintendo need Popeye anymore? No. I once once so. they had Mario, you know, I'm sure that they thought, well, let's let's hang our hat on this guy. And plus, why why share the profits with uh, another? You know, I mean, Roy, exactly. has, what name any licensed uh, properties that Nintendo pushes heavily? Yeah. You know, right. really, I mean, they, they don't need to. They get mm-hmm. their own stuff. So it makes sense. And I will say, uh, just as a closure, I've played the Popeye sequels on the Amiga. Avoid these at all costs, <laughs> particularly Popeye Wrestling. It's one of the worst games I've ever played in my life. Do not wrestle with Popeye, an ill-conceived title of everyone was made. So, Bo, what, what do you? Let's talk about your game. Okay. Well, uh, my game was Urban Champion. Ooh. Okay. So this is another one of the Black Box series. Uh, however, I don't own this. Uh, I chose this game thinking that I did own it. I don't. I don't have it. Uh, it's amazing. That there's, there's a couple you don't a have. A couple I don't have, yeah. Oh, we know what that means. Christmas time's yeah. coming. Yeah. Um, so this was released in 1984 for the Famicom, and then it came out in 1986 in the U.S. as part of that 17-game initial lineup. Um, this was a recreation of one of um, Nintendo's Game & Watch titles. Uh, there was a Game & Watch game called Boxing. Yeah. And uh, basically what they did was they took that game without changing any of the controls <laughs> and they set it in an urban environment. You know, they made real sprites instead of the, uh, you know, your little LCD guys. Um, and in Urban Champion, the object of the game is to knock your opponent back and back and back through a series of screens until you're, you see this open manhole at the end of one of the screens and you knock them in there. Once you knock your opponent into the manhole, then the round is over. Uh, confetti spews from one of the people that live in the apartments above the shop where you're fighting and uh, you get a little uh, round marker just like you would in Pac-Man or you know an early arcade game. Um, usually it's a fruit or something like that will appear at the bottom of the screen. Um, so um, the controls are as follows. Uh, if you uh, A, if you hit A, that's your weak punch. B is your strong punch. That's all you need. That's all you need. The one two. Um, when you push up on the controller, your hands go up to guard your face, and you're in a position to fire a punch to the face. When you drop your guard with the down button, you can hit them in the gut. Um, you can also push backwards. If you push backwards, you'll kind of throw up a block, or you can also move backwards slowly if you push back. So it's a very, a very simple game. Um, you have a stamina meter. And when you begin each game, you get a stamina of 200. Uh, The lower your stamina gets, the easier it is for your opponent to knock you backwards. Uh, If you are pushed to the edge of the screen and you sort of fall off the edge of the screen, then you lose. Um, If you lose three rounds, that's the end of the game. Okay? Um, There's a couple other things that sort of make this game neat. Um, If you're fighting for too long and your time runs out, 
then a police car will drive up and it will take away the guy who's the weakest. So it's sort of the blades of steel rules of, <laughs> of fighting, where if you're losing the fight, then you're the one that gets penalized. Um, one of the most charming aspects of the game is that uh, if you're fighting, you know, and, and things are going along, just randomly sometimes a police car will drive by. Yes, I love that. And when that happens, your guys just kind of move to the side of the building where you are, and they'll look up and start like, whistling. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably the best part of the whole game. Yeah, yeah. That always tickled me when that happened. And they, they put their hands behind their backs. <laughs> you know, they do their best to look innocent. So um, you're fighting in front of, you know, this game is called Urban Champions, so they really make a big deal out of you. are fighting in a city. You've got a, a skyline in the back. You've got some street lights, and you're fighting in front of uh, such uh, unique locales as the bookstore, the snack bar, the barbershop, and the discount shop. Really, that, that's all the places you fight in front of, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. This is a very limited town. Yeah. Um, so what did, I, what did I like about this game? Um, I yeah, thought, I want to hear this. Well, you know, there, there, there's not a whole lot to like, um, but I did like the music. You know, what music there was was kind it of was. jaunty too. It was great. interstitial yeah. music. It's the classic, classic the, NES. The style. NES is a harmony to its. I mean, the, the sound when it does these little harmonies, it is. It's great. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Uh, I like the backgrounds. I thought the backgrounds look pretty good. I mean, it's a building with a skyline, but I've seen lots of buildings and skylines in other games, and they don't look this good. To me, know? it looked... I mean, the the, uh, the names of the stores are written in, like, basic. Right. It's like, what would they you could, that's the best you could do. They just literally have like those generic texts. Yeah, discount yeah. store, barbers. And shop. again, you know, you've got to remember that this was this was released in this form for the Japanese market, so they weren't expecting Japanese people to really do a deep dive into what these English words. So, were. do you think in Japan they have? Uh, do they still say discount? This store? is the exact game. Really? Yeah. So they, it's huh? Okay. Well, that that hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because this game is set in an urban environment where there's lots of fisticuffs. That ain't Japan. That is where we live, the good old USA. That's, so this is what they envision, what we're doing every day. Exactly. Beating the tar at each other. I did that just manhole. before I came here. <laughs> Beat up somebody in front of the discount did store. You? Well, there's plenty to choose from around here. <laughs> um, and again, you know, like we talked about, the um, the police car stuff is neat. You know, it's, it's cute. Um, and one thing that we didn't get a chance to really uh, look at that this game is, that makes this game really unique is the two-player head-to-head option. This is probably one of the earliest titles for the NES that had a two-player simultaneous play uh, mode. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, that you can, you, can, you can have lots of fun bashing each other around. No. Um, no, you can't. So the cons, <laughs> that leads us to the cons. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, the, the game, its worst fault is it's just, it gets repetitive very quickly. Uh, you start out and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting this guy, I'm hitting back, something cool was going to happen. No, nothing cool ever happens. You just keep on beating the same guy over and over and over again. Uh, you've got this the really limited move set. Um, and the, the biggest Achilles heel of this game, to me, is that uh, this game was released a couple months after another um, beat em up was released for the Nintendo. So this came after, hand me that box right there. This one right here? It's not on camera. It's a tremendous. Yeah, it came out, Urban Champion was released after 
kung fu. <laughs> that is okay? astounding. And that is a nail in the coffin Can right there. Can you imagine they, they get this thing ready to box up, and they're like, what else we got going out this month? And they're like, well, we got this. It's like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. ooh, that's so, not good. Kung Fu is the game that I should have chosen, you know, especially since you were doing another arcade port. This is a fantastic game. Uh, uh, the action is fast and furious. You've got kicks, you've got punches. You're fighting all different guys of, of different stripes. So um, Urban Champion, you know, it just it just doesn't have it doesn't have much. Let's. I want to talk to you about what was. The, t- tell me about the message you sent me almost directly after the show last so, week. Tell to Pete. Tell the, the this fine was, people. This was like on probably on Monday. You know, we did we shoot the show on Friday. I was like, Aaron, I've got to change the game. This game is just too bad. I can't do it. I can't do it. Because now I want to go back even further. After the show, you know, after the show last week, when they, the little song plays and you see us chatting, that's mm-hmm. real. We just we always do it. And Boat goes, Popeye. Oh, why'd you go and pick Popeye? You had all those NES games and you picked Popeye. And I was thinking to myself. <laughs> He's grilling me for picking Popeye. Does he know what he's done? Yeah. And you didn't know what so, you'd yeah, done, I'd never you? played Urban Champion, but <laughs> judging from the box art, I thought, man, that looks awesome, you know? Um, yeah, it's not awesome. Now, let me... I have a story related to this game, amazingly. Okay. I mean, of course, my brother, I mean, like I mentioned, we had an NES. Now, this is more Brent's console, I was just, but I would occasionally go in there and mess with it. So we went out, and you know, this is back when you could rent a game. Mm-hmm. Right? Even back That's another day. thing that the NES changed, is the, the rental market started with yes. the NES. and trust me when I say thank you, rental market, because <laughs> we went out, and you know, we liked Yar Kung Fu and, 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 and uh, all the other games, and Karate Champ. Mm-hmm. We loved all, so, we're, and, uh, so we rented, I think even I pushed for it. It's like, let's get this Urban Champ. This looks good. And we took this home. And this is one of the first times, I distinctly remember this, when you have renter's remorse. <laughs> I remember we put this in the game, and we fooled with it, and we were like, is this it? Is this all this is? And, and it was. It was, I mean, we. I don't think we ever turned it on again. I mean, that was, we played it three or four times. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. And let me tell you something, when my brother gives up, it's over. Because he'll play almost anything. Um, as far as Nintendo games go that they produced, this has got to be amongst the worst games they did. Well, it's funny. Um, I listened to, um, there's an excellent, you know how you sort of have this unhealthy affection for Shane R. Monroe? It's not unhealthy. I've got sort of the same thing for this guy named Jeremy Parrish. All right. Um, he does an excellent game-by-game uh, game NES. He's actually done several series, uh, but he's most, it's mostly Nintendo-focused. And uh, he did an episode on Urban Champion, and he was talking about why this game, this truly awful game, has been re-released so many times. So this thing has been out on e-reader card. Do you remember the e-reader yes. card? Yes. Uh, this was a thing for those that, those people that don't know. This was a thing that you could plug into your Game Boy Advance, and you could scan. I think it was the Game Boy Advance, or it was either that or the GameCube, and you could scan in uh, these little credit cards, and it would load the game into RAM, and you could play it. Yeah. Uh, this was definitely for the Game Boy Advance. Um, and uh, there were all kinds of titles released, uh, black box series titles, because they're just so small, and Urban Champion is one. It would, then it was released um, in the first Animal Crossing game on the GameCube. Then it was released on the Virtual Console. It was also released as one of the couple games that was released for the 3DS in the 3D Classic series, where they actually redid the game totally and made it so you could play in 3D. That's you know? unusual. And so, you know, everybody's wondering, why is this crap game, why does Nintendo have such love for it? 
And his theory is that there are still the people that are making these decisions at Nintendo are the old schoolers. And these are the guys that have so much nostalgia for the early, even before Nintendo got into video games, the kind of electromechanical games that have really simple concepts. Because like Wild Gunman was basically a video game version of that. Yeah. Um, you know, this game was based on a game and watch game. So there's a lot of good memories in these guys' heads that are that are still surround this series. So they're not looking at it like, oh man, this is a crap game. They're thinking about, man, remember when this was new and this was awesome on Game & Watch. And so... Um, you might be right. I will say this. I, I, having not played this for decades, uh, you, you picked it, I played it. Right out of the gate, and I'm not the Nintendo master like you or Brent, I got to level 10, which I thought was respectable, you know, and uh, was moving along. And for the first couple of us, I didn't, I didn't even realize I was a strong punch. I was using the weak <laughs> punch. I was like, man, I'm killing this guy. Um... You know, something else I like is if you if you get pushed into a manhole, the bad guy gets the confetti oh, yeah. parade. You yeah, know, I do you, like that too. You're right. <laughs> there is there are touches of the Nintendo flair in this. Mm -hmm. It's just you wonder why they didn't elaborate on it more. I mean, if you ever played like a game like Hogan's Alley, if you mm -hmm. put Hogan's Alley, it's a it's a zapper game. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the. I mean, it's a one trick pony too in a lot of ways, but it's the zapper makes it a little more tolerable. Right. But I mean, these early games. Thank goodness for the for the uh, for the arcade ports mm -hmm. because it, I'll tell you right now people weren't swarming to the NES to play Urban Champion right. Ogan's Alley. But you know one of the things that I I love about Nintendo is that even in a really horrible game like this one, there are still touches that make you smile. There's touches of personality, and that's all Miyamoto. He was the creative lead on this one, and I and that's it, baffling. Yeah, and and, so, <laughs> and you know he I I, I don't want to I don't know for sure that it was him, but I can feel like he was the one that said, "Hey, why don't we why don't we make these guys retreat and we'll have this cop car come and they'll act like they're you know." Um, so it's 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 a horrible game. But there are touches of, of things that, that I like in it. It makes me want to beat the crap out of somebody in front of the discount store. I will say that. <laughs> now, you might wonder, how long does it take you to complete Urban Champion? I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine. So, to complete Urban you Champion, can complete it, you then. can complete All it. Right. Um, do you actually get the rank of Urban Champion? All right. It, show, it appears on the screen. Uh, I found a playthrough on YouTube. It, it took this guy... One hour and twenty-four minutes, really, to achieve the rank of urban champion. But you're literally doing doing the same thing over and over and over again. One hundred and forty-five rounds. I like to see the video of that guy after he finished. Like if he went out in the street and just started wailing on people, <laughs> he became the real urban champion. Yeah. Uh, so I looked this up on eBay, and um, <laughs> the I'm sorry, just the fact that someone would try to sell this amuses me. <laughs> um, the cart only is uh, selling for around um, around ten bucks. So this is this is in that same Popeye. You've got to remember that even though this is a horrible game, it's an NES black box title. That, and that this is an it, indictment that, for the <laughs> for the secondary market. Um, you can get the Japanese version of this for a song. I saw the Japanese versions of this selling for uh, five dollars shipped. Um, you know, from Japan, probably not from Japan, <laughs> but they they must have made millions of these. They're things. They're probably trying and, to get them out of there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they've been exiled from their home country. <laughs> uh, boxed. This doesn't approach Popeye numbers, but it's still pretty up there. I saw two or three auctions end around sixty-five bucks. Um, and uh, but again, you can get the boxed Japanese version for about ten bucks. The Famicom version. This is a this is this game is really an unusual game in that in that it's so one-dimensional. And it was produced by people that knew what they were doing. Right. So every everyone can 
can drop the ball occasionally. Absolutely. Um, and one thing that I wanted to mention when I was talking about the NES is I actually looked up, I thought that maybe we could start doing this. What are these systems selling for today? Right. Uh, yeah, I did the same thing last with Sunny Hunter. What do you, what do you got? And um, I found the uh, the action set, which is the set that I got. Oh, um, is that with the, the box and this everything? Is, this is the box and everything. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's funny. It's selling for almost the exact same price that I paid for the NES back in the day. You can get a boxed action set fully complete for a hundred bucks really yeah really a hundred you got to remember nintendo sold deal. 68 million of these things so they're still around i know i picked up just the nintendo and the cords and i think one stick uh, a couple years ago i think i paid 40 bucks mm -hmm. and there was no box so i mean that's a hundred bucks is like a really good deal yeah yeah you know, the now loose systems it's 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 a crapshoot some you, of them sell for nothing some of them sign it just it's the weirdness of ebay and i'm assuming if you want the one with ro the robot well i'll look that up more. too oh okay well yeah the the nes deluxe set you're paying big bucks for a for uh -huh. a cib version of that anywhere from three to five hundred dollars i know those robots alone sell for a good chunk of change yeah so and yeah. which are it's funny because they're totally worthless right they, they, they're just, it's an that's, iconic that's shelf thing. stuff yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um so yeah that is our look at the NES. Um, we did not do Castlevania. Yeah, not we did Metroid. Not do Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Champion and Popeye. <laughs> Aaron, it's time. Oh. It's time to spin the wheel. Okay, let me make room for the wheel here. All right. Sorry, Rob. You're gone. So we have added a new system to the wheel since last week. All right. You may notice. I spin it around here that the TurboGrafx-16 has been added. What do you mean, Bugs? You're not going to try to put it in during the show? No, no, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> yes. It's all pre-show. We figured it out. On. Okay, so we're going to give this wheel an, uh, a nice spin. And here we go. All right. Got a lot of English on that boat. Come on, Spectrum. Let's see what we got here. Game Boy. Okay, wow, well, Nintendo to Nintendo. <laughs> we're back again. All right. Well, uh, so Aaron, do you want to retrieve the envelopes? Oh yeah, <laughs> probably should do that, shouldn't I? Let me grab those right now. Okay. Here it is, the Game Boy. So we have predetermined some choices here. This is the first handheld system we've done on ARG, I think. Here you right? go, boat. Um, yeah, it yeah. is. It's absolutely the first one. So I guess it's my turn to go first, and I'm going to pick because I'm old school boat, as you know. I'm going to pick Hyper Load Runner. Oh, Hyper Load Runner. And I spelled load wrong on my little sheet. <laughs> that's how. That's how in the know I am. Awesome. Load Runner, which is basically what I am. The load. What well, do you got? I am not going to drop the ball this week. Oh dear. We are going to play The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Oh boy. My favorite game in the Zelda series. Okay, I've never played it, and I don't like any Zelda games, so I'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right, well, um, I guess that that's it. That wraps up another edition, so Aaron, why don't you take us home? Well, we'll be playing Game Boy next week, and until then, adios. Aaron and John. Making a new podcast.